do a little more talking for me? Do a little bit of yeah. the talky talk? Yeah, sure. Usually people want me to shut up. Thank you. That's good. You, okay, cool. That's beautiful. I love it. Uh, That's beautiful. <laughs> and the home of the brave. Welcome to the answer to the great question of life, the universe, and everything. It is Hit the Deck episode number 42. 42, of course, being said answer. Uh, If only somebody would actually come up with the question. Oh, boy. My Douglas Adams is showing, James. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm good. Have you... I, I've never actually asked you this. Have you ever read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, I have not, and nor have I seen the movie. Well, that's okay. The, the movie was a pale imitation of the book series, as is often the case with cinematic adaptations. True. But uh, I will say that Douglas Adams himself, before he died, he kind of was approached about the various adaptations of his work and them being inferior to the book series, or at least different. And he kind of gave the answer that, in his mind, they were meant to be different things, like they they were all supposed to be kind of different versions of the same story. I think it was uh, was the book, and then they had originally done like a radio play version, and then I think they did uh, a movie version in England, and eventually there was a movie version in, you know, a Hollywood version. And they were all kind of different. So, uh, I don't know. It, that That's a long rambling tangent to say welcome to Hit the Deck episode 42. But there you are. 42, of course, also being a groundbreaking number in Major League Baseball, the number of Jackie Robinson. So, while this episode of Hit the Deck probably will be not nearly as historic... I don't expect anyone to be retiring this episode, or (laughs) I guess we'll find out. Maybe they should. Hopefully, we've got something good on tap for you. But uh, I I just, I'm just putting that out there. All right. Yeah, that's what I associate 42 with is the great Jackie Robinson. Uh huh. (laughs) All right. So, all that being said, why don't I introduce us just so you know who's rambling at you? So, let's jump into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, as ever, I am your American Rhino, number 35, Gary McComiskey, and my illustrious co host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, yes, James Sajazi. Oh, boy. Yes. How was your week, James? Pretty good. Um, We'll get into this in future Hit the Decks, but uh, staying true to at least one of my New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. So uh, trying to keep in game shape. Hopefully we'll be playing this weekend some deck hockey. So a little bit sore, but it's a good sore. Yeah, I I hope to knock off some of the rust this weekend as well. So your lips to God's ears. We'll see what happens. Uh, Yeah, I, I can suffice to say I understand and agree with your sentiment about a good sore. So uh I'm kind of in the same boat there. So we'll see where it goes. And and hopefully in future episodes of Hit the Deck, we will be able to get into that in a little more detail. Yes, sir. So, James, if I could impose upon you, I know it's a lot to ask, but would you be ever so kind as to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Would be delighted to. Thank you, sir. Mr. American Rhino Mac, Equipment Manager. The American Rhino teased us with another of his incredible deck hockey equipment management skills a few hit the decks ago. For this edition of the podcast, Mr. Goalie Mac will tell us all about those ingenious loops he installed in his sneakers and how they work. Gear Bag. More from the most creative mind of the American Rhino and his generosity. Gary will give us the details of that gorgeous hit the deck jersey he and Sublimation Kings designed. And... How's it going? It's more or less the halfway point of the 2016-2017 NHL season, 
How are Gary's and my preseason predictions holding up from Hit the Deck 32? We'll let you know. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are welcome, sir. Hit the Deck 32. That is 10 episodes ago. So, yeah, well, uh, yeah we're, we're chugging along. There you go. All right. So, you know, I guess that just to just to backtrack for a second, I guess that makes sense. Uh, on the average, I guess the NHL regular season is about six months long, and it, it makes sense that three months would cover about 10 episodes since we're almost uh, a year in and we're, you know, 40, we're a little over 40 episodes in. So, yeah. All right. I guess the math works out on that. Sorry, but let's let's move on. That's fine. Math isn't my strong point anyway, so... <laughs> You are correct, sir. Ah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, excellent. Excellent, yes, quite. Good, good, quite, yes. Yes, good, good, yes, good, quite, quite, yes, yes. Hmm. <laughs> okay. What am I supposed to be talking about? <laughs> Besides schooling us and, and me being one of the first pupils because I always learn a lot from you. Uh, wouldn't mind if you would tell us about those ingenious loops you installed in your sneakers. Ah, yes. To co- and they're, they're deck hockey specific to incorporate with your, your goalie pads. So- right. So on a previous episode of Hit the Deck, I don't remember which episode offhand. I know it was before Christmas. It wasn't too long ago. But I had mentioned part of my gear is that I had sewn these loops into my sneakers to accommodate my pads. So just to recap why I did that, my pads, my goalie pads are, I had said and maintained that they're they're sold as deck hockey pads, but I suspect that they were originally designed to be kind of light duty roller hockey pads or ice pads. Because they have a string at the toe that you're meant to tie around your skate to secure it, the pad to your skate. And they have a fabric loop with Velcro that's on the bottom of the pad, which is meant to go through the kind of the opening in your skate and uh, secure the bottom of your skate to the pad, which is good because you're pads do move around and to keep them where they're supposed to be to have those two bits of tie down on them is on your sneaker or your your footwear let's say is very helpful so what i decided to do rather than just cut them off or have them rip off naturally or trip me or something i decided i have sneakers that i bought just for deck hockey and that get a lot of abuse because we play on concrete and, you know, I'm sliding around side to side and, and dropping down and, and what have you. So they get torn up. So I only wear those sneakers for deck hockey. So I decided that it would not be a problem if I modified them. I decided that I wanted to put these loops on the sneakers so that there would be something for the strap and the string to grab onto. So it wasn't flopping around, and so I could secure it to my sneaker. Now, this discussion might be boring for those of you who are not goalies. So, you know, if you really want to, you can fast forward about 10 minutes. But if you want to bear with me, please do, because I'd be happy to tell you about what I did. So what I did do, if you're still here, you're still here, right? All right. Now I we am, can talk I about am. the real topic. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It is still the boring loop discussion um Uh. so what i did basically i got these like running sneakers uh and i'll put up a picture of this on our instagram account i got these running sneakers that were pretty cheap that i could just be confident in beating up and and not having you know they they serve the purpose that i needed them for and i had uh some fabric that I had gotten for a previous project left over. It's, it was also pad related. I don't even remember what I got the fabric specifically for, but uh, it was something I was trying to make slide plates for my pads so I could slide easier on the pavement. 
and I, I took a couple stabs at that, and it never really worked out the way I wanted it to. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So I had this fabric that I had already gotten. Basically, it's something called Rubber Duck is the name of it. Duck is D-U-C. And it's this uh, rubberized vinyl material. And basically, I, it, what it, it advertises itself as is like weatherproof flag material, signal flag material. But it works very well for my purposes as well. It's strong and it's it's tough. It holds up, you know, uh, but you can also cut it and use it and, and uh, stick a needle through it, which is important because I sewed these loops onto my my sneakers. So what I did was I took uh, about uh, maybe an inch and a half worth of loop on either side of both sneakers, left side and right side, are roughly lining up with the indentation on the sole. So a lot of the a lot of sneakers, if not most sneakers, have kind of an indentation in the sole that separates the heel from the the kind of the the I'm patting I'm tapping my foot as if you can <laughs> see even James can't see me tapping my foot because it's below where the camera is but the, the that separates the heel from the the ball of the foot so I lined it up with that indentation which is roughly center on the sneaker and that's roughly where the velcro strap will fall as well and so I I looped it and sewed the loop onto the sneaker. So I use like a uh, extra strength or double strength thread. And I use like, I, I liberally. So, you know, uh, several, I, again, I've, I've mentioned this in the past. I don't know sewing terminology. So I apologize if I sound like a complete goof, but I did, a number of passes to make sure that it would be nice and strong and it didn't tear right off the sneaker. And, uh, so I, I did that for the Velcro loop and, or the Velcro strap. And then what I did, a lot of sneakers will have a loop already on the back of the sneaker to make it easier to pull them on. These particular sneakers did not have that. So I also sewed a single loop, like half an inch wide into the back uh like by the the top heel. Yes, it 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 looks like uh James has a question. Yes, thank you. I sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, so quite all right. When when you were sewing the loops on, did you have to put holes in the sneakers to sew them through or did you just No, you the needle the that I was using the, the sneakers were such that I didn't really need to reinforce it that much. It, I uh, the needle pretty much, at least the part of the sneaker where I was sewing it, the needle poked right through. Uh, I mean, yes, you need to put holes in the sneaker because you're sewing it onto the sneaker, but you don't need to pre-make holes. You don't need to like get an awl and, and make special holes in the sneaker. You, you can just use a regular needle and poke through. And uh, Depending on the sneaker you have, obviously, if you have something made of extra tough material, then that's going to affect your ability to sew, but... In my case, I was able to just poke right through it with the needle, both the sides and the back. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no no problem. Thank you for asking questions. So, yeah, uh, as far as the back goes, I just sewed an extra loop onto the back. So now what I do is the strings that are on the toe of the pad, of each pad, basically there's two. There's two long strings coming out from the same point in the center toe of the pad. And I run one around one side of my shoe and one around the other. I cross them, crisscross them through the loop on the back, bring them around the front and tie them roughly around the, the middle of my foot uh, above, above the sneaker, basically be right below where the, the sneakers would normally lace. I then run the Velcro strap through the loops, down one loop, across the bottom, and up through the other loop, Velcro it off, and then I take some shin guard tape 
That's why we were talking about it, because I said that I used shin guard tape for my pads. Right. Okay. So then I just, I do a couple of loops of, or, uh, you know, a couple of uh, passes of, of tape around my sneaker, making sure to line it up with that indentation in the bottom of the sneaker so that it doesn't uh, either trip me up or, yes, it's so I don't slip on it or so I don't rip it up just from moving around. And uh, I make sure that I cover the lace from the, the front of the pad as well as the Velcro strap on the bottom. And that way my pads pretty much stay in place and, and don't move around too much. One thing I do want to mention when I found when I made the loops on the side of the sneakers, make sure where it joins. I had doubled I I doubled the fabric when I looped it. So where it folds over, I put scotch tape on there just to hold it close, hold it together so that when you're passing the the velcro strap through you're able to pass it through the actual loop and not just the fold in the fabric, if that makes sense. Yeah, very clever. All right. Uh, I know that was kind of dry, and I apologize if it didn't make for exciting listening, but I hope that benefits somebody. So, again, I will post pictures of these awful, horribly abused and mistreated sneakers on Instagram. So you can check that out. We're at Hit the Deck on Instagram. And if you want a closer look to see what I did, go ahead and check that out. If you have any questions about something that I did specifically that you'd like me to clarify, feel free to shoot me an email uh, at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Once again, that's D-E-K for deck. Or tweet at us at hitthedeckpod, and I will be more than happy to answer whatever questions you may have. Thank you so much, Mr. Equipment Manager. Yeah, that's no really ingenious stuff, and it, it, it's it's like they say, it's the mother of all invention having to solve a problem. And that's one of the benefits of this podcast, I hope, is that since it's a deck hockey podcast, Gary is full of great ideas. And please listen in the past, too, if you haven't before, of how to make your game better and get, if you have equipment that's designed for ice hockey, maybe, or roller hockey, how you can adapt it to deck hockey, because there is a difference. So yeah, well, I find that stuff very helpful. I agree with you completely. I mean, deck hockey is kind of the redheaded stepchild of the hockey world, right? You know, there's plenty of gear that's made for ice hockey and roller hockey because that's, you know, primarily where the attention goes. But there's lots of weekend warriors and, you know, there is very little deck specific equipment out there, you know. So a lot of what we do involves modification or, you know, if not modification, just kind of dealing with whatever drawbacks the ice and roller gear might have. They do make deck hockey specific equipment, but a lot of times it's really cheap and flimsy. So it's better to modify if you can afford to do so. I find it's better to modify the the ice and roller gear. The lighter duty, lower end ice and roller gear that they have out there is more than adequate for deck because usually you're not playing with a heavy puck. You're playing with a ball. So it doesn't need to stand up to the kind of rigorous abuse that that the the equipment would normally do. But again, you you're probably going to want something that's a little bit more substantial than the, you know, plastic paddles and and in some cases like foam rubber pads that they market for deck hockey. So, uh yeah, I feel like it's it's really it's something that we as deck hockey players kind of need to do. And I'm happy to pass on what I've, you know, learned by trial and error. And I, again, I I hope somebody finds it helpful. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. And with that, let's dip back into the gear bag because as I've bragged many, many a time since Christmas or post Christmas, Gary for, for Christmas, there's a Christmas hat trick for you, bought me and designed for me a specific hit the deck hockey Jersey. Yes. And if you wouldn't mind uh, telling us how that came to be and how you designed it and and uh, such and so on and so forth, because I absolutely love it and uh, would love to repay you one day in the <laughs> near future 
with one of your own. James would like to I'm know how the sausage was made. <laughs> He's going to be taking notes on this. No, basically the way this whole thing evolved is a couple years ago, I got James a jersey. The Liquidators is the team that we've kind of uh, – we've talked about this before. The team that we've – created you know our our uh, our deck hockey one of our deck hockey teams is the uh liq liquidators long island queens and so uh, you know i had one made up and i know james really liked it so for a christmas present a couple years ago i went to sublimation kings and i had one made for him and he really really loved it so i remembered that and i said you know we have this podcast now and we we had the shirts and the shirts are great but wouldn't it be cool if we had our own hockey jersey? It's a hockey podcast. We should have our own hockey jersey. So I really, I did very little preparation. <laughs> I know you're shocked because I usually do so much preparation on the podcast. But um, no, I just basically I took all of our artwork that we have for our various things with associated with the podcast. I went to the site. The Sublimation Kings are very easy to work with. They make it very easy to order a customized jersey. They use the process of sublimation, which is basically they – it's basically they kind of have dye that they're able to superheat into a gas form, and it impregnates the fabric with the color. It, it like – it basically, it dyes the fabric. It's not – just something that's kind of heat pressed on or, or painted on the fabric becomes that color in that pattern. So, it, you know, it's fairly durable and it keeps the color that you make it. So I don't know exactly what their process entails, but it's not like uh, if you order a Jersey from a place where they're just like sewing on a crest or, or painting on a crest the entire jersey can be customized however in whatever pattern you want. There's a few restrictions in terms of what colors they can reproduce and, and to what degree they can layer. But for the most part, it's anything you design, they can make into a jersey. And they've branched out. They make baseball jerseys. They make hats. They will make a fully customized gear set for you. If you if you have a hockey team, they'll make a fully custom jersey and they'll design like the, the socks and the what have you to go along with it. So, you know, you look like a full uniform. And it's very reasonably priced as well. So basically what I did, I'd worked with them before, so I knew what they were capable of. I went into the... You know, I went to the website. I opted to order a full custom jersey. I went for the roller hockey material because they offer two types of material for their hockey jerseys, ice and roller. The ice are a bit heavier. And since a lot of the time when we play deck hockey, we're playing in warm weather, I find that the roller material being more light and more breathable is preferable. So... You know, that's what I ordered, and I emailed the guy there. I said, listen, I just placed this order. This is the artwork that's associated with my podcast. I would really like to use this one logo in particular. Actually, I gave him a few things that I wanted to include. I said, uh, let's, let's put its hockey and sneakers on there if possible, if it works. I said, I'm anxious to see what you can come up with. You know, I, I gave him kind of free reign. I, I gave him an idea for a base color, which is gray, because that's what our T-shirts are. And that's, you know, I, I said, go nuts. And he came back with a really cool design. And uh, honestly, I have to give the guys at Sublimation Kings a lot of credit because they came up with something that I hadn't thought of. I had asked them originally to make the center crest of the jersey our silhouette logo, which if you've seen the t-shirt or if you've been on our Facebook page, you're familiar with. It's a, it's a goalie and a skater in silhouette and the goalie's wearing headphones and the skater is wearing a headset. And uh, so I said, make that the crest. But instead of making that the crest, he decided to make our sticker logo, which is a, a circle HTD in the shape of a ball with the hit the deck podcast, it's hockey and sneakers around the outside edges as the center 
logo, the center crest of the jersey. And creatively, uh, stylistically, that was a phenomenal choice. So I I applaud the guy. I did make the suggestion since we weren't using the silhouettes there. I said, okay, can we break the silhouettes up and put one on each shoulder board? So that's what he wound up doing. It has uh, the Hit the Deck podcast kind of the stylized hit the deck podcast words on the back at the on the bottom hem it has it's hockey and sneakers down the side of each sleeve it's got james's name and number which is four and uh it's it's really it's just a really smart looking jersey i went through the the process took a, a little while because what happens, I don't know if you've ever made one of – had a jersey or something similar made up. But basically the process is you say, okay, can you design this for me? They Or I'd like this, whatever. They send you back a proof, which is basically a picture of what they're going to make. And you can either say, yes, make that, or you can make suggestions. I went through maybe three proofs because I kept making suggestions or requests to modify something. I asked him – I had asked for a gray color, which I mentioned, uh, and then when it came back with the gray color, I said, you know what? Can we give it an asphalt texture? Because deck hockey uh, oftentimes is played on asphalt, so I wanted to give the jersey that kind of feel. Uh, and he did. He was very accommodating. And again, I, I give a ton of credit to Sublimation Kings because they put together, you know, I, I gave them some suggestions and some guidance, but they put together a beautiful jersey. And uh, I, I'm really happy with the way it came out. I know James is happy with it. And uh, so great work all around, guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's not the last time I will deal with them for such things. Excellent stuff. Yeah. And, and Gary and I have mentioned Sublimation Kings a few times, specifically back on HTD number five. And they're a great company and they've come through again and with flying colors. I absolutely love this jersey so much. It was a tremendous surprise, really total surprise too. And hopefully if the podcast catches on a little bit and uh, maybe some other people out there would like to order your own hit the deck jersey as well. We'll see about that. But this one's mine. I'm not sharing. So yeah. Thank I mean, you so much. <laughs> you're, you're most welcome. If you are on our Instagram, you probably saw James already posted pictures not too long ago. But again, if you haven't seen them already, please go check them out. And uh, if you're desperate to have your own hit the deck jersey, shoot me an email and I will let you know how you can get one. So, you know, again, that I really like the way these things came out. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. And yes, as always, we always invite you to come out to play Deck Hockey too. So I'll have the jersey along to let you see for yourself that we're not uh, – and the other Liquidators jersey as well, which we usually – Gary and I usually wear our Liquidator jerseys when we play. So they are holding up very, very nicely. And uh, this little relative of that beautiful jersey is in great company and I love it very, very much. So from there, let's go into the big leagues of hockey, the NHL. Yeah, James, and, why don't you take this yeah, one? Because I've talked for an awful lot of this podcast already. Well, you have a lot. To, that's just the way it, 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 it worked out. So you're too generous and kind. But Yeah, uh, they're sick of me. Please no, I talk. Don't think so. All right, whatever. <laughs> they want to hear you, the, uh, the soothing, dulcet tones of James Sejazi. Yeah, right. I could just see everybody tuning out now or just fast forwarding to the end. Anyhow. No. Uh, I know I'm tuning out. Anyway, so yeah, back in Hit the Deck 32, the preseason of the NHL, Gary and I gave our picks as to who we thought would not make the postseason in the NHL at the end of the year because it's harder to predict who will not make the playoffs in the NHL than who will because more teams make the postseason than don't. So that was our little take on that. So fast forward to roughly now, it's the middle of the season. So a lot of teams have played about 45 games or a little bit more. Roughly, what, there's 82 games to the regular season, I, I believe. I believe so, yes. So more or less, uh, we're at the halfway point. Uh, the recording of this podcast next week, a week from this weekend, will be the All-Star Game in L.A. So that will be the official middle of the season. But anyway... Let's see how we did, uh, see if we, if Gary and I know what we're talking about or if we don't. And um, 
the beauty of watching games and the beauty of sports is that it's unpredictable. And uh, here's how it goes. Pray so, enlighten us, James. How did we do? I, I, you did a lot better than I did. So let's just uh, let's get into it now. Personally, for me, and I think everybody would agree, the biggest surprises of the NHL this year, I think, are the Blue Jackets, the Maple Leafs, and the Oilers. And well-earned. Now, for the Blue Jackets, they had a 16-game winning streak. And they are sitting atop the uh, Metropolitan Division and the East overall as of the recording of this podcast. So they're having an excellent season with Coach Tortorella at the helm. Yeah, you know, winning- I, I really – that I should have seen this coming. Uh, I didn't give John Tortorella enough credit. We did talk a little bit about John Tortorella coaching the team when we made our predictions and some of his uh, drawbacks as a coach. But what I failed to take into account is that usually with the teams that he coaches, he is such a master motivator that the first season or two, at least that he coaches, he's usually able to get a very good result from his team. I think his style tends to uh, flame out quicker than some other coaches and and teams are are more quick to tune him out because you know a lot of the tricks in his bag are just kind of yelling at people and and making them work hard and benching them if they don't perform which you know can i imagine for a professional athlete can wear on you after a while but in the short term he does have a very successful track record uh i would even go so far as to discount his last coaching stint in Vancouver because that was I mean he he was an American going into a very Canada centric environment and I think he was they 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 put a lot of kind of I think I suspect they put a lot of restrictions on what he was able to do and made him try and conform to uh, a certain box like I I think with a lot of Canadian teams they place a premium on Canadian players and you know the canadian style or what have you so he probably didn't fit in there really so it's not surprising that he failed there but uh yeah so i i guess this is just a very long-winded way of saying that i didn't account for the tortorella effect (laughs) so there's a reason that columbus i think is doing as well as they are yeah fair enough assessment on coach tortorella in um in Vancouver, I, I I agree with that, especially from the outside looking in. And plus, Vancouver seemed to be a team that's been together for a while, and more or less the, the twins over there and stuff like that. But uh, they've kind of been on a decline a little bit as the teams around them are getting a little bit younger and better and faster. So it was kind of maybe he was set up to uh, to lose. And and I agree, maybe his fiery temperament didn't really hold up to. What he's used to, like it could rub off on an American style better or not. They are and so very polite up there. They are. They are. But they do, you know, don't don't mess with them when it comes to hockey. And uh, fair enough. But Please also, stay off the logo, eh? Right. Also, uh, Tortorella, I think, is better for a younger team like Columbus is uh, age-wise in that he can – show them how to win, get them to work harder and get their energy up and see the results from that. So buying into a team first mentality, making sure that you earn your position, you don't take it for granted and go from there. So he's done an excellent job of of turning the Blue Jackets from a nice little team that maybe could make the playoffs to a full blown contender. I dare say juggernaut. Really, you know, knocking off 16 wins in a row in the especially in the Metropolitan Division. I mean, you're talking about the second best team overall in the NHL or the Washington Capitals Mm -hmm. and not to mention the defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, our favorite team, the New York Rangers. So it's it's tough. It's tight. So that that really great stuff. But again, to me, I think the Blue Jackets are the biggest surprise Mm -hmm. of this season. The same thing for the Maple Leafs. Now, again, Gary and I weren't knocking any of these teams. We were just trying to give our honest opinions on what we thought would be their seasons. I was knocking some of the teams. Well, fine. All right. I I admit I was picking on the Flyers, but (laughs) they deserve it. Anyway, um, 
The uh, Maple Leafs, speaking of young, I believe they're the youngest team in the league. Maybe Edmonton still might be the youngest, but the, the Maple Leafs are among the youngest, if not the hmm, youngest. True? Wow. Yeah, I, I believe so. I watched a lot of the NHL Network um, before the season started and during the season as well. So I love the NHL Network, as nice. you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Austin Matthews over there, the rookie sensation mm-hmm. in Toronto, has just been excellent. He's already flirting with 40 points at the recording of this podcast. Uh, he's already on the All-Star game, uh, on the All-Star team. So looking forward to see that. And uh, just an, an excellent talent uh, for a young guy. I mean, I think he's like 18, 19 years old or something and and so much poise. And he's, he's built like a like a truck and strong and great hands, the whole package. So excellent stuff there. So the Maple Leafs doing really well, I think doing a lot better. I thought they were going to take a year or two to, to gel and, and get going, but they've uh, gelled a lot quicker than I thought they would. Mm. And over there in the West, we got the Edmonton Oilers now. They took a great backup goalie from the New York Rangers, and uh, they're doing well with him over there as well. And mm. of course, they're yeah, they're. I miss um, Cambot. So as as do I. Um, not although, not to take anything away from Antti Ranta, who's exactly been excellent. Just you know, Cam Talbot was a good guy to have around. So uh, I, I wish him all the success in the world, and apparently he, he's having it. Exactly right. He deserves it, and he he was phenomenal last year for the Rangers too, uh, coming in 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 helping out Lundqvist with his uh, heavy load, and then yeah, exactly. This year, Antti Ranta has been phenomenal, probably the best backup goalie in the league, but he's unfortunately gotten hurt now, so he's out for the next few games. So hopefully, he could get back on the Broadway blue shirts. But uh, getting back to the Edmonton Oilers, they're young. Excellent captain, Connor McDavid, he just recently scored his 100th NHL point, and that's not even in two full seasons, so he's already got to 100 points out there. So he's also on the All-Star team, and he's a captain mm. of the uh, his All-Star team over in, the, in the, uh, the West over there in the Pacific. So those three teams, I think, are the biggest surprise. You know, Edmonton, me. I think <laughs> – they were due, you know. I I think yeah. they've been on the cusp of of something for so long. I mean, you you stack up that many high draft picks, you almost have to eventually break through. But yeah, they they've they've been right there. They just needed a spark, I think, and it finally came. So this is the year, I guess, that they all the the, the young kids finally are putting it together, and good for them. Especially since they're in the West, and we don't have to deal with them too often. Good <laughs> exactly. for them. Exactly right. So they're, they're Mike, uh, Mike's problem because he's a Kings fan. Yeah. So. But um, maybe it's just since it's like their 100th anniversary season, right? Or uh, not the, not the 100th. Um, 50th. Well, 50th, yeah. yeah. Right. Sorry, yeah. I got my seasons mixed up. It's the um, the NHL's 100th anniversary, and it was just the – was it last year or two years ago that the Canadians celebrated 100? Um, yes. But, yeah, so uh, whatever – Whatever anniversary they're celebrating, um, they're, it, it, it's a big deal for them. So, uh, you know, they're, maybe that's been a little inspirational for them, too. You know, they've had – they opened the season with, like, Gretzky and Messier and mm-hmm. all these people coming in to celebrate with them. To They opened a new building, right? That, yes, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, maybe they – find you know maybe they heard some words of wisdom that just finally made it click for them who knows but uh yeah good for them sorry no that that's fine and and for their anniversary i think uh, when gretzky first joined the the oilers they were still in the wha and then they joined the nhl so mm-hmm. i know that the flyers and, and a bunch of the other expansion teams like the penguins as well they're having their uh, 50th anniversary seasons but yeah the, having gretzky in whatever they gave him some kind of a of a of a figurehead job over in Edmonton and yeah they have a brand new arena as well so uh, good for them it it's it's about time because yeah. i was as a fan i was frustrated frustrated seeing that team that was so dominant uh, 30 some years ago well, even in the 90s too they they won a, a cup and and were um consummate playoff uh a playoff team but um they were just sopping up most of the number one picks and and Mm. doing nothing with them. So, uh, you know, good for them right now. So 
For me, on the other hand, the biggest disappointments in the NHL of this season, I think, are the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Dallas Stars, and the Nashville Predators. And I mean that in terms of they've been stricken by the injury bug. And as great as those teams were last year, I thought that they were going to be just as good, if not better, this season. But it just hasn't worked out for them. Getting with the key injuries for Tampa Bay, starting off with Ben Bishop. Now, I know that he and supposedly backup goalie Andre Vasileski, and I apologize if I mispronounced Mr. Vasileski's last name, they've basically split the uh, time in goal this season. But but Bishop is hurt, and um, he's out, I think, as a, at the recording of this podcast. And as we said before, he lost two front teeth blocking a shot and making the save in October. So he's had a rough year. Ryan Callahan, who uh, I have a soft spot in my heart, I think Gary does too, and maybe every other Ranger fan as well. He's been injury-plagued. And their captain and one of the best players in the NHL, Steven Stamkos, has only played in 17 games this year, and he has been out since mid-November. He had right knee surgery, I believe, and at the time he was due to be out four months. So even if he comes back, that would be March at best. And I don't know if they, if, if the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have enough to make a playoff run if he comes back that late in the season. So that's why I think Tampa Bay has been um, a disappointment. A little bit more on that in a minute. Mm. For the stars, Patrick Sharp and Yuri Hoodler, two big snipers for them. Hoodler coming over from Calgary was having himself a really good season with Dallas. And uh, well, I, I do know that he had really good seasons with the uh, with the Flames, but he's James, been out. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I may have just found your Alain Vigneault <laughs> with oh. uh, Yuri Hoodler. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it's a great name and you say it well. Okay, I did. I did research on that because I wanted to make sure I pronounced it properly. <laughs> give me, Thank give you. me one more. Just, just give me one more. Yuri Hoodler. I love it. Okay. <laughs> and then over in Nashville, the uh, the the biggest trade in the off season was two of the biggest defensemen in the game, PK Subban for Shea Weber. So Weber going to the Canadians and Subban going over to Nashville. But Subban, and he is on the All-Star game, and I believe he's a captain as well. He's been fighting the injury bug all season long. Aww. And Ro- yeah, well, What Roman a Yossi. shame. Roman Yossi, too. I don't like P.K. Subban. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, too. I, I, I think I he's a little bit of a dirty player, frankly. I agree, and um, that's why I, I thought that the P.K. may have stood for penalty kill because he's always mm-hmm. putting his team on the uh, shorthanded. But anyway... Um, that's what I think is holding Nashville back because they were coming off of a great, great season last year and the competition is just really tough over there in, in where they're playing. So who might rebound, uh, with that said, I think the Predators are in close enough contention for the wild card. And I do think that they will win that wild card as of the recording of this podcast, they are on the outside looking in following Los Angeles so they have 47 points. They're right behind Vancouver at 48, which is tied with L.A. at 48 points. Yeah, I think all point. they need to pull it together is to get back who, James? <laughs> you're, you're, uh, well, actually, uh, Hoodler is on, uh, on Dallas, but um, Roman Yossi would be oh. in P.K. Subban. So, but uh, maybe Hoodler would be rooting for them to, to, make, to make it to the post. Probably not. I don't know, but uh, yeah, because Dallas and they just came to town to play the Rangers as well. Um, they're they're a pretty good team too, and and just kind of fighting the injury bug this season. Um, so from there, the do we have the right to change some picks, Gary and I, or could we change some picks? Yeah, you know, what? I'm going to let it ride, mostly because I'm used to looking foolish. Well, okay, but uh, like I said, you're doing much better on the predictions than I am, so uh, I'll I'll take the fall for that. But uh, so far in the East, I've been very, very wrong about the Blue Jackets not making the postseason, 16-game winning streak wrong, and best record in the East wrong. Uh, I'm wrong about the Leafs and Senators not making the playoffs. The, the Senators, I believe they are fighting for a uh, they're fighting for the wild card 
right now, and they are seven points behind the Rangers as of the recording of this podcast. So they are the second wild card team right now, followed closely by the Flyers, Carolina, and Florida. Tampa Bay not too far behind them as well. So we'll see how that turns out. And uh, I was wrong about the Devils, Islanders, and Lightning making the playoffs. So uh, sorry about that, Sue and, and Brad, our Devil and Islander fans out there. So um, I'm sure they we'll have see. other, <laughs> more bigger things to worry about with their teams than yeah. you know your predictions, James. I I, I tried. I, I guess my mojo isn't very good at all. But the uh, Islanders I, just yeah. fired their coach, so yeah, I'm sure the yeah. fan base rejoiced about that because they've been calling for it since practically since opening night. Very true. So we'll see how that goes. So um, I believe they won their first game without uh, Capuano in there, and I Isn't believe that, Doug Waite has taken over. That 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 usually happens, though, right? Teams yeah. fire okay. their coach, and then the the interim coach steps in, and the team goes and gets a big win, and then nothing really happens. Usually, it's true. Right, right. We'll see. So hopefully, they, they, at least they won't uh, end the season in the in the basement. So far in the West. I am very wrong about the Oilers and the Ducks not making the playoffs. Uh, wrong about the yeah. Quack, quack, quack. Sorry. Now that they, I deserve that. So, uh, and and again, that was much. I like. I, I admire the Ducks, and and I think they're a great team, and um, totally fine with taking my medicine and eating crow on that. I just thought that they didn't have enough. I think they got a new head coach this year and stuff, and it seemed to be a, a few different things not falling their way, but. They are falling their way, and good for them. Um, they're a good, good team, good franchise, and, and have been for a while, too. Uh, wrong about the Stars, and as of tonight, the Predators, although making the playoffs, although the Predators are very close in the wild card race, so we'll see how that shakes out. However, they may knock off either the Flames or the Kings to get there. Sorry, and Mike. I, yeah, and, and I picked the Flames and Kings to both make the postseason, so we'll see how that turns out. And, right. uh, and well, that's it. So I, I just want to remind everybody that it's only the halfway point of the season. There's still plenty of time for teams to turn things around. I know this, depending on how far out teams are, this is the time of year when teams start to think about being sellers if they're really doing poorly. But, you know, there have been plenty of success stories where in the second half teams just turn it on and, and blaze towards the playoffs. And that's when you want to get hot. So if, yeah, just because they're out of playoff position now does not mean that they will be out of playoff position come April. So I guess all I'm saying is, you know, we should not be in the business of counting chickens as yet. Absolutely. And case in point last year, and Gary's so right, this basically happens every season where a team gets hot and surges all the way through the postseason and you nail it on the head. That's the best time to get hot because that's what the uh, what you're playing for is for the Stanley Cup. So yeah, if we had done one of these reviews midpoint last year and somebody had floated the idea that the Penguins were going to win the Stanley Cup at that point, it would have been laughable. Exactly. You kind of took the words right out of my mouth because they did that. They did that exact thing and it all clicked and they just ran all the way to the Stanley Cup championship and, and won it against a great team in San Jose as well. So, And I thought it was Washington's year last year too and they went through them, the Capitals. So really, case in point right there. Last minute remaining in the podcast. All right, Pops. Thank you. So uh, that will wrap up yet another Hit the Deck podcast. Uh, as we said, Episode 42, uh, I hope we were able to answer the great question of life, the universe, and everything, though I sincerely doubt it, because uh, most of that stuff is way bigger than just a deck hockey podcast. But, you know, to each their own. I guess we all find the meaning of life somewhere. So uh, who knows? Maybe your life is now complete because you know how to sew vinyl loops on your sneakers. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> Ah, uh, it's, a, it's a great, big, wonderful universe we live in, James. All right. So all that being said, I would love to thank you, the listener, for listening, provided that we haven't driven you off already. <laughs> if you're still here, thank you ever so for listening. Thank you, Pops, for being the voice of the podcast. Anthony Sajazi for music used in the podcast. The LIQ for sound effects used in the podcast. Uh, I would like to encourage you to subscribe to this very podcast if you have not already done so on itunes on stitcher 
on any number of other podcasting outlets. If you find us, subscribe. You will not be sorry. Uh, I actually can't guarantee that you won't be sorry, but you probably won't be sorry. Um, I also <laughs> would encourage you to check us out on Instagram at hit the deck on Facebook at hit the deck, Twitter at hit the deck pod, email us at hit the deck at gmail.com. Once again, deck is spelled D E K. So hit the deck D E K. My train of thought has completely derailed. James, was there anything that you would care to add? No, you nailed it. You, you got everything out there, how to subscribe and how to contact us. So thank you for that. And again, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. All right. And at this time, before we wrap up, I would like to make a bit of an announcement. So this weekend, probably Saturday, uh, we are going to try our hand at doing a live stream, uh, a Facebook live stream on our Facebook page, which is, uh, as previously mentioned, hit the deck. So if you're not already part of our group, then, you know, or, or whatever it is, I don't even know how these things work. Go like our page and uh, we'll send out a notification when it's time on probably on Twitter will be the easiest way of, of contacting us. So if you don't follow us already at hit the deck pod, do so. And obviously it'll be up on Facebook. So if you happen to be on Facebook on Saturday and uh, you see that notification pop up that one of your things is about to go live, that's us. I make no promises about what the content will be and whether or not it'll be entertaining. It's going to be a little bit <laughs> of an experiment. So, you know, if you're interested in joining this uh, experiment and, and, and getting in on whatever fun there happens to be, we'd love to have you. And so uh, that being said, uh, I, you know, as always, I just want to close by reminding you that um, I don't know what the answer to the great, well, I do know the answer to the great question of life, the universe and everything is. It's 42. I don't know what the question is. The great question of life, the universe, and everything. I don't know what it specifically is, but I do know that it's not, should you be that guy? Because the answer to that question is unequivocally, it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. It's excellent that you have your finger on the pulse of what's popular. Well, apparently we don't have our finger anywhere near the pulse of what's popular. <laughs>